welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. As you know, you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. It's freer than candy on a Halloween night. No, I'm not endorsing it. But your parents, you parents know, you can't wait for these kids to finally come down from that sugar high because you know you're going to get in that bag and get some candy for yourselves. I'm pretty sure that's why my parents took me trick-or-treating as a child. It was child labor. It was me working for them to have the candy. Get the apps. You don't have to dress up. No costumes, no cavities, no stomach ache. They're free. How is everybody doing today? I apologize for uh, not getting a new podcast out last week. You know, we we tried to be very diligent and, of course, hitting every Thursday. That's our podcast day. We try to hit every Thursday in the morning. We try to we try to get it in the morning, like today. But uh, last week, I was preparing for a trip to Dallas, Texas, to meet with Dallas Jenkins. You might recognize that name. That is the gentleman who has produced the Chosen series. If you haven't seen that, you need to check it out. But anyway, I had a, had a um, getting ready to uh, fly out and head down to Dallas, Texas for a meeting with him and some others uh, because we um, were discussing the movie, Seven Days with the Witch. I have, you know, if, if, you've, if you've been around at all, you know I've wrote a book some, some time back, Seven Days with the Witch. Uh, but anyway, we're looking at uh, getting that turned into a movie, so we, we were down there discussing some of that, making connections, and... Uh, it paid off. Great connections. Uh, it's been a great week since getting back uh, daily, just receiving some feedback from some others. Uh, the script, the movie script, making its way around, getting into the hands of producers in New York and some different places like that. So good stuff. Good stuff. Be praying for us. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting, uh, as they are all saying, wow, they've never seen anything quite like that. And uh, good. That's what we wanted. That was that was definitely what we were after. Is for them to not just look at it as something that was just normal and what they've always seen. So, how's everybody doing today? Listen, if we if you've been with us at all, and, and you have to excuse me, my voice is a little bit. Um, I've been on the phone. You know, I only have so much vocabulary and so many words that I can speak during a week, and I I have already exceeded that. I feel like you know I've already with all the phone calls and the stuff going on. So. Uh, just put up with me today. Uh, you know that we're in a series titled The Word of God. And the short of it is, I'm just trying to get us to realize and understand the importance of reading our Bibles again. Not just the daily scripture. Yes, that's good. It can encourage you. God can use that to get to get through your day, absolutely. You know, we can see a TikTok or hear a sermon for that matter. But if we don't dive back into the book, then how can the spirit of truth guide you into all truth if you refuse to look at the whole truth which is the word of God. Once you open that Bible and you read something, it's there that Holy Spirit can take you to this scripture over here and then to this chapter, and then suddenly you found a wealth of information to guide you through your life. We've already seen that the Bible is likened unto food, 
It was like an underwater, an air, and we talked about the dominion of the Word of God getting into the book. And it's really the only way that you're going to be able to know and understand how much God loves you. But we said this, then how long can someone live without food, water, air, and love? Well, not very long at all. And I I believe that's what's taken place with the body of Christ. I, I believe we're not as effective as we could be because we're malnourished, we're dehydrated, we're oxygen deprived, and we feel unloved. That's a recipe for failure. So we've taken, what, five episodes so far to get you to understand, we've got to get back into reading your Bible, which would seem like a weird thing to say to believers, but there it is. Here's some shocking numbers for you. 32% of Christians surveyed said they read their Bible every day. Now, that's less than one-third of us. 32% of Christians, they read their Bible every day. 32%, less than a third. 27% said a few times a week. 12% once a week. A few times a month, 11%. 5% just once a month. I think we can do better. This would explain a lot. 26 million Americans stopped reading their Bible regularly during the pandemic of all times when you had more time. But I do understand. I know what happened. Your eyes were glued on that stupid ticker at the bottom of that screen all day watching the COVID numbers and the deaths rise. Our eyes, we were distracted. Makes a lot of sense to me. So this is an issue. Our Bibles, God's word. The attack coming to us is against the Bible. Because, you know, they're going to try to say, it's a good book filled with some good knowledge, but God's word? No, no. Well, then in essence, if this is not God's word, then we become our own gods, as we now have the final word on everything, man's wisdoms. Well, I can tell you, I don't want that. I need God's wisdom. So look, if you don't think this is an issue, GQ Magazine did an article on, what was it, 26 books you don't need to read and placed the Bible on that list. I, I think personally on my list, I think GQ magazine is a, a, is a magazine you don't need to read. A fashion magazine trying to tell us what... <laughs> the Bible is God's word. It's not some religious doctrine. People are trying to read into the scriptures instead of taking out, trying to add their spin or their interpretation. But when you do that, suddenly the Bible becomes non-cohesive. You think about this. Meaning all of a sudden it doesn't seem to flow and fit right? I mean, you, you've heard this. Someone, let's say, for example, somebody will say, well, God doesn't heal. God doesn't heal. Well, all of a sudden, when you say that, the Bible suddenly doesn't make sense anymore. It doesn't flow like it should, right? Because you're going to read through there and see where people were healed. You're going to read through there and see where he tells us to go heal people. It makes it hard when you take a doctrine like that and say God doesn't heal. Suddenly, the Bible just doesn't quite piece together very well anymore. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't flow like it should. So let's talk about this. The word of God, right? We've talked about it being uh, food and air, water, it's love, it's dominion. But let's talk about this. The word of God is sight, spiritual sight. I know for me, it's so amazing to see that I could read the Old Testament and I could see in the Old Testament, the new to come. We call it types and shadows. And it was amazing how my eyes were open to how amazing this book really is. Now imagine this. We're talking about sight and how people really are blind to much of what it is that the Bible says. So again, for example, preaching on healing. And as I'm going through scripture after scripture, after scripture in the New Testament, Jesus healed them all. He healed them all. He healed all that had need of healing over and over, right? All healed them all. 
So periodically, I'll have those who will attend our meetings or watch our television program or hear the podcast, whatever, that are going to get bent out of shape on some of this, and they don't see it that way. So I was asked by a minister, <laughs> uh, this guy, I was asked by a minister, do you believe, he, he asked me this, uh, this was at the end of a, of a very ridiculous conversation where he was just very rude, very ridiculous, but uh, denominational minister here in town. Um, do you believe that God heals all diseases? Now, I'm sure that what he is thinking is that, do you believe that all people are going to be healed every time of everything? I mean, that, that's where they automatically go in this is that you guys are saying that everyone's healed all the time and obviously they're not all healed every time. That's what the, they keep say, thinking in the back of their minds when they say things like this, right? But, and so we know they won't, right? We know that, just like not all people will be saved, right? Not all people will be saved. But that's like me asking him, well, do you think that everyone's going to be born again? Do you think that God wants everyone born again? Because not everyone is. has nothing to do with God, right? Same with healing. It's not God's fault. It's not God's issue. He's provided everything for healing and salvation. Same, right? So available for all. But so do you believe that God heals all disease? So I immediately, what came to mind, Psalm 103. Go over there. Who forgives all iniquities, who heals all diseases, right? This is Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but do you believe that he heals all diseases, all of them? I said, uh, Psalm 103, Right, I'm not going to try to stand here and theologically debate with the man because he's going to say, well, you know, Bishop so-and-so back in the theological uh, awakening, you know, in the 1896, uh, you know, and he did it. I don't want to hear all that crap. I'm just going to go back to the Bible. I said, Psalm 103 heals all d- diseases. Yeah, yeah, but do you believe, and now he's, he's getting, you know, that he heals all diseases. I said, Psalm 103 Verse three, heals all. See, all disease. I'm not even saying what I believe. I'm saying what the Bible says. And that's really something. If you get mad at somebody who answers you with scripture, uh, then you've been raised in a way that you don't believe God's word. Something's wrong. Do you believe he heals all disease? Again, I said, Psalm 103. And he said, well, you're just closed-minded. <laughs> what? No, you are. My point is, I opened my Bible to Psalm 103 and verse 3 and look at it. See it? See who heals all your diseases? And he said, well, I just don't see it that way. What he means is, is I don't agree, but I don't see it. He looked right at it, and I don't see that. Spiritual blindness and spiritual sight, that's what we're talking about. You have to have spiritual eyes to understand your Bible. And you can be spiritually blind to the book. Spiritual blindness steals our understanding. It was right there in scripture penned by God, right? I mean, these are God's words. Forgives all, heals all. I didn't even try to go back and say, well, do you believe he forgives all? Because if he, for, if he forgives all, that's half of the scripture. And you're going to cut, I didn't even go that route. It's just right there. And he looked at it and yet couldn't see it. And it was robbing this man of his spiritual understanding. You will not understand the Bible if you're spiritually blind. You won't see the meanings behind the verses, the stories. I say it this way, reading between the lines with an understanding of who God is and what he meant when he said it. For example, 
uh, let's say that you would, te- we're texting, right? That's a big thing, right? Because we're talking about reading the Bible. So let's say you're reading a text from somebody. You can read the word wow, W-O-W, right? You can read the word wow. Well, now that could be wow, or that could be wow. But if you know the person, you can read that and you can see that same word and you can know exactly what they mean because you know the person, spiritual blindness. Isaiah 42 and verse 18, hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. So he's saying, all you deaf people listen to me. All you blind people look up here. Well, obviously he's not talking about physically. Isaiah 42, 19, who is blind but my servant or deaf is my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as he who is perfect? What does that mean? If you think you've arrived at something and you're not open to receive any more of that wisdom in that, you are blind already and blind as the Lord's servant, it says. Isaiah 42, 20, seeing many things, but you do not observe. Opening the ears, but he does not hear. Isaiah 43 and verse eight, bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. He's speaking of spiritual blindness and deafness. Jeremiah 5, 21, hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, who have ears and hear not. Blindness steals our understanding. You cannot understand the Bible if you're spiritually blind to it. Jeremiah 5, 21, hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Ezekiel 12, 2, son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but doesn't see. And ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Those are those that are saying, I already know, I already know what the I went to seminary. I already know. I've been doing this for 25, 30, 40 years. Well, so and so said this, and so and so said, you know. Zephaniah 1 and verse 17, I will bring distress upon them and they will walk like blind men because they've sinned against the Lord. Walking in known sin is spiritual blindness. Matthew 13, 14 and 15. And in them, the prophecy Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and you shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Jesus said they have to be able to see with their eyes and hear with their ears so that they could understand God's word. So they could turn and he could heal them. The reason that so many aren't healed, and let's say spiritually, okay? is because they will not turn from their sin. And the reason they don't turn from their sin is because they don't understand what it's doing to them. And the reason they don't understand what it's doing to them is because they are spiritually blind and deaf. He said they can't see or hear, so they can't understand, so they can't turn, and I can't heal them. It's what I see with so many people who are spiritually, physically, and emotionally sick. I see this with those that are addicted to drugs. It's God's word that changes people. This is why I try to use so many scriptures because it's the only thing that's going to heal you. He sent his word and he healed them, Psalm 107.20. But spiritual blindness, the blindness, well, you know this to be true. It's possible to be looking even in the natural and not see. So if you ever read a chapter in the Bible and after reading it, you have no idea whatsoever you just read. You're just like, I just, I just read it. I mean, and I have no idea. Sometimes maybe your mind was somewhere else, but you get the point. I saw it, I read it, but I didn't really see it. 
It happens in the natural as well. Well, you know this to be true too. You can be up there and a minister says something and you're like, where's that in the Bible? And they give you a scripture and like, I've never seen that before. And yet you probably have read past it. But it happens in the natural as well. You can look right at someone and not see them because your mind is somewhere else, right? I mean, you can look around and see someone and it looks like they're looking right at you and you wave and they turn around and you're like, well, what's your problem? They didn't wave at me. No, they didn't even see you. They, they were so focused on something right over your shoulder, but you thought, but you were there in their vision, but they did not see you. Or you're driving down the road, paying attention to where you're going, and somebody's waving at you, and they're like, I waved at you today, and you didn't wave, but I never saw you. Never saw you. But somehow they saw me, which means I certainly did see them in some way. I just didn't see them. You understand moms can see things that aren't even there, right? When I was younger, I'd go try to find a, a pair of socks or a certain t-shirt. I mean, I looked. I looked, did, did it get washed? Mom, I, I, I wanted to wear that. Remember, I was saying, Mom, I wanted to wear it. And Look in your drawer. I, it's not there. She'll walk in right away and she's like, look, right here under the other one. How? I looked, but I didn't see. Eyes, but I can't. we always say with, to my kids, look with mom eyes. <laughs> go back and look with mom eyes, right? But that's true in the natural. So we have spiritual blindness. Next, pride causes spiritual blindness. I've seen this. We mentioned rebellion and walking in continued sin. Because of pride, that's why people continue to walk in sin. So Jesus healed a blind boy, blind from birth, and the Pharisees get mad about it. Isn't that something? So they say, who did this? And he said, well, this guy named Jesus. Now they get Jesus in John 9 and 39. And Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world that those who do not see may see. And those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words, and they said, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now, or since you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Jesus said, I came of this world that those who are spiritually blind may receive his sight. Remember when Paul got saved, Ananias came and prayed for him because he was blind. It said scales fell off of his eyes. Now you think about that, scales. Now you think about what happened to Paul. It wasn't just physical blindness because after that encounter, oh, he saw, right? He saw the world in a different way, didn't he? He saw the spirit world in a different way. So Jesus came and he said, so that those of you who don't see spiritually can see and those who say they can see without me, you don't need me. No, you were, you were made to be blind. Oh, so you're saying I'm blind? Yes, yes, you are. Really what he was saying was, guys, if you would just admit to me that you couldn't see without me, you would have no sin. I would forgive you right now. Just admit that you're blind right now and I'll remove all your sin. And then he said, but since you say you can see without me, your sin remains, meaning we already know. We don't need to see it your way. We already see it. Well, spiritual sight. So look at this one. This will maybe blow your socks off. Those socks that you've been looking for, maybe, I don't know. Isaiah 4 and verse 1, And in that day seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. Isn't that something? I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, did that blow you away? No, it didn't. (laughs) This is one of those that you could read and be like, What in the world is that talking about? I'm going to say this. Do this before you read your Bible every time. Say, Lord, I cannot understand this book unless you show me. Open my eyes of my understanding. Explain it to me, Father God. I, I, I can't get it. Listen if, listen, if you do, he's going to do it. So, okay, seven women, it says. Now, in Revelation, 
there are seven churches. Now watch this because this is this is the old pointing to the new. So seven women in Revelation, there are seven churches. Seven churches, and churches are referred to as women, right? The bride of Christ. Those seven churches of Asia Minor represent the end time church. In that day, it says the end time church will take hold of one man, Jesus, and they will say, we want to eat our own food. Meaning, listen, we want to teach our own stuff, our own doctrinal stuff. We've got some stuff figured out. And we want to wear our own apparel, meaning our own righteousness, the robe of righteousness, right? Put on the new man clothed in righteousness, it says. So they're saying in the end times, the worldly church will take hold of Jesus. And they'll say, listen, now we want to teach our own doctrine. We want to teach our own stuff. And we want to have our own form of what we call right and wrong and righteousness. But hey, Take away our reproach. I mean, we still want to be called by your name, though. We, we still want to be called Christians, but we want to do it our way. Isn't that amazing? What am I talking about? Opening our spiritual eyes to some amazing things that we can see here in the Word of God when we begin to pray, Lord, take the scales off of my eyes. We wouldn't have understood what Isaiah was talking about. Leviticus 26, 26, when I have cut off your supply of bread. Now, remember, bread is the Word of God. Ten women shall bake your bread in one oven, and they shall bring back your bread by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. Wow, another amazing scripture. Now, what is he talking about? He says, in that day, when you turn away from me, this is all about the blessing and the cursing, Deuteronomy 28. So, so the first 15 verses here are, are, if you obey, then this. But these others are, if you disobey, then this. When you turn away, I'll cut off your supply of bread. Then 10 women, right, churches, 10 churches will prepare bread in one oven, meaning what? 10 churches will come together, and we see this, and these churches will band together under one name, and we will decide for you as a denomination what it is that you will teach. They're going to make new bread, their own bread now, not the bread of heaven, not the word of God, no, it's doctrine, and the heads will decide what bread In one place, they will bring it to you and measure it by weight, meaning what? We have this bread, and now we will divide it to you. We will tell you what it is that you're going to feed them. They will decide how much that they want you to have. Come on, we see this already. And they will give it to you as they see fit, and what? You will not be satisfied. Come on, we see this. Places that have made denominations and organizations and they decide at the top what and how you will preach for the year and they give it to you. Minus no Holy Spirit being led. Don't go, don't go to the right or the left. This is what you are preaching this Sunday. They give you your sermon outlines to preach and you don't stray from that. And that's all you get. No adding other verses to it. Never satisfied. You may get one verse, maybe two, but he'll decide spiritual sight. They're deciding what glasses you get to wear because they want you to see what it is that they want you to see. Matt and I were called one night by a local pastor, the largest Lutheran church in our region. He was new to the area and somebody, he had somehow heard about us and I'm not sure how. I mean, we were definitely ministering in the coffee shop and we were making a very large impact. And so I suppose uh, as we had people from all walks of life coming, he probably heard about us. So he called and he asked if we would come and pray for his wife who was bedfast with a foot injury and it just wasn't healing. And again, him being a new pastor, she wasn't even able. She hadn't been able to come over to the church since he started pastoring. She's been stuck in bed. And so he asked, you know, so of course we said yes. And he said, well, listen, please come at night. The house is next to the church. He didn't want anybody seeing us coming. So we, he wanted us to park over at the church and walk over. 
So we came, long story short, we left them the 101 Healing Scripture CD along with a printed copy of that CD. We have a, a paper copy, 101 Healing Scriptures from the Bible. Bible verses on healing. Well, it was a couple of weeks later that he said, I've got to admit, I've been preaching for however many years. I went to seminary. I've studied the word of God. I've been pastoring and I have not seen most of these verses in my Bible. He said, I, I had to look them up. I had to get my Bible and, re- and cross-reference. I had to look them up to see if they were in my Bible, and they were. He was spiritually blind. They were always there, and somehow he made it all through seminary and pastored a church and hadn't seen them. And listen, his wife was healed because that man, once he saw it, he began to tell her, babe, I think we've missed something here. Jesus heals, and he began to read them to her daily for two weeks straight. And one morning, she jumped out of bed before she knew what she was even doing and suddenly realized her foot was healed. Their eyes were opened, and because they could see, they turned, and Jesus was able to heal them, both spiritually and physically. Jesus opens blind eyes, friends. We cannot be spiritually blind to the Word of God because there is a spiritual sight that we have to have in order to fulfill the true calling of God in these days. We have to be able to see what this word is saying to us. Jesus opens the eyes of the blind. Now, I want to read this story to you, and I've never really seen it this way. And again, it's just food for thought, right? We know we can read the Bible. One story can have many, many different applications and meanings behind it because the word's alive, right? That's why so many scriptures, when we're going through a different season in our life, it can minister to you in so many different ways. It could bring healing. It could bring peace. It could bring joy. It could bring prosperity, right? We can see these same stories, and it depends on where we're at in our life as to how it applies to us, and yet it all ministers to us in these many different areas. So Mark 8, 22 through 25, a very familiar story. They, then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought to him a blind man, and they begged him, touch him. Well, he didn't, so he takes the blind man by the hand and he leads him out of town. And when he spit on his eyes and he put his hands on him and he asked if he saw anything. And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes and he made him look up and he was restored and he saw everyone clearly. Now, I heard a man preach on this who said, see, even with Jesus, it doesn't always work out the first time. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I think I'm missing something here because remember, Remember what I said, it all has to flow, right? And and suddenly this just doesn't seem to fit in our flow of seeing what Jesus does, right? Now, I've ministered on this before in a way that I've told people don't give up. If you prayed for somebody, you keep going when you know what it is that God told you to do. The man's going to see, so I'm not gonna stop until you do. Now, I've taken that angle, but I've not necessarily said Jesus failed the first time. I'm not sure, but see, when you say something like that, then it doesn't flow right? When we see the other things that Jesus is doing, it seems a bit out of place, which tells me that I must not be seeing something here. I'm blind to something in this story. Men like trees. So he lays hands on him again. Now we could think that that's saying, well, I had blurred vision, you know, and and possibly, but I I, want to look at this again in another angle as it ministers to us. So I looked at this and I just couldn't figure it. What am I missing? And God says, well, do you think I know what it means? Well, of course you do. Why aren't you asking me? Okay, so here's a man, uh, you know, the son of God puts his hands on this man. What do you see? I see men like trees walking. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I saw men like trees. 
Psalm 52, 8, but I'm like an, a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Psalm 92, 12, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and his hope is in the Lord for he shall be like a tree planted by waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but his leaf will be green and he will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he cease from yielding fruit. Isaiah 55, 12, for you shall go out with joy and be led with peace and the mountain and the hills shall break forth and singing before you and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. It's talking about people. Matthew seven seventeen. even so every good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. He's not talking about trees, he's talking about people. Zechariah 4, 11, 14. Then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees? At the right of the lampstand and one is at the left. So he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth, right? He's talking about the two witnesses in Revelation. He saw trees. What are these two trees? They're, they're two men. Trees represent people. And this man, what do you see? Well, I see men walking as trees and he lays his hands on him and he can see clearly. Listen, could it be? Could it be? The first time he laid hands on him, it opened his spiritual eyes and the second time his physical eyes, right? Like the apostle Paul, he was blind, but not just his eyes, physical eyeballs were healed or opened. When that man's eyes opened, he knew who God was and saw changed his name to Paul, right? I mean, it, it, it was not just physical blindness. This man, could it be that it opened up his spiritual eyes and then his physical eyes? And well, well yeah, maybe so. No, look back. We see Jesus feeds 4,000 right after that, Mark 8, spiritual blindness and deafness, right before he heals this man. We're looking at it in context. Mark 8, 13, and then he left them and getting in the boat again, he departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread and they didn't have any more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we don't have any bread? He's mad. He's mad because we didn't bring any bread. Jesus is hungry. And he's like, you morons, you brought one loaf of bread for the trip. He's not talking about bread that you bake. He's talking about spiritual blindness, words and teaching. But Jesus being made aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? Do you not remember when I broke the five loaves and the 5,000? How many baskets full of fragments did we take up? They said 12. Also, when I broke the seven and the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it that you don't understand? He's trying to tell them, if I wanted bread, I'd whip some up out of the one that you got. Why aren't you, why are you not understanding? I'm not talking about natural bread. What is wrong with you guys? How do you not get it? I'm not talking about that. Five loaves, I fed 5,000. There's 13 of us in this boat. Bread's not the problem, but you don't see it and you can't hear it, can you? So what I'm saying is, is if you don't read this book, if you don't read this book with spiritual eyes, we're gonna end up just like these guys. We're gonna think he's talking about natural things when he's always talking about spiritual things. I, we have to be, listen, we got to look with spiritual eyes. The book is spiritual sight. You'll never get it. Here's the problem. If you don't read the book with spiritual eyes, you just, you, you cannot get it. And you will starve to death always looking for natural bread 
when what you really needed was spiritual bread. Come on, we need to open our eyes, people. This is a spiritual book written by a spiritual being to spirit beings. Look what Paul said. He was he was praying for us, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you can know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. You'll never see that with natural eyes. You've got to have your spiritual eyes to understand. So stop trying to read your Bible with natural eyes. Change your glasses today to spiritual. It's the only way you can understand it. And then you can turn and you can be healed by Jesus. That's all the time I have today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, I'll be attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous. <laughs>